Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Hey there, parents and teachers. Are you tired of feeling like every day is a battle of wills with your kids? Let me tell you about something that changed the game. Love and Logic. Love and Logic isn't just another parenting or teaching strategy. It's a mindset shift that empowers you to raise responsible, respectful kids while keeping your sanity intact. With Love and Logic, you'll learn practical techniques to set limits with empathy, give your kids the tools they need to make smart choices, and build relationships based on mutual respect and understanding. Love and Logic stands behind their methods with a one-year money-back guarantee. Try it out risk-free. If it doesn't change your life, we'll buy it back. Plus, you can get 10% off with code IHEART10. So if you're ready to say goodbye to power struggles and hello to peaceful, loving relationships with your kids, it's time to give Love & Logic a try. Visit their website or call today. Your sanity will thank you. Love & Logic, because parenting and teaching should be a joy, not a chore. Visit loveandlogic.com. I have a number of thoughts swimming in my slow-moving mind. Trying to coalesce them into a theme. Four major polls have come out in the last 24 hours, all with pretty high approval ratings for Joe Biden, the highest being at 59. He's somewhere in the low to mid-50s, it would seem, if you average out these polls. His uh, how-do-you-like-him-personally ratings are even higher than that, similar to the way Barack Obama was. Barack Obama would, would, would poll really well, even if people didn't like some of his policies. You know, if a policy would, would do poorly in a poll, his personal rating would still be pretty high. People just liked him, um, uh, certainly a majority. Um, and then uh, Kevin McCarthy came out yesterday. He's the leader of the House for the Republicans, the minority party, and said he has not talked with Joe Biden since Joe Biden got inaugurated. Mitch McConnell said something similar a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if that's changed. So you got the, the, the Republican leaders of the House and the Senate have not talked with the president. In three months. That seems insane to me. And I thought that was weird at the time until I heard it pointed out from a number of people that, you know, maybe they have and they kept it a secret. That's its own interesting story in that they both sides would get killed by their base. The, 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 The lefties would hate it if they found out Biden was talking with McConnell or McCarthy and the and the. The hardcore right would hate it if McCarthy and McConnell were talking to Joe Biden. How far? How dare you even dignify his position? Well, I'm not sure I can buy that. I mean, that's just maybe a child would think that, but that's the way our government works. Well, maybe we should talk to somebody super smart about that, whether or not that, uh, why that is. Is that where we are now? Where you can't even be seen talking with the president as the leader of the House or the Senate on the other part in the other party. 
Is that so what's, damaging? Is that what's going on? Let's talk to Lan He Chen, David and Diane Steffi, fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution and the director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford University and a regular contributor at CNN Opinion. Lan He, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me again. Well, congratulations on being super smart, as declared by Jack. Well, <laughs> well I, I got a buddy who listens in Salt Lake City all the time, and he uh, he was raving about you from last week. He really enjoys your segment, and uh, yeah, because you're super smart. Well, I appreciate that. I I, I appreciate that. And congratulations. Uh, you know, every <laughs> once in a while, every 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 once in a while, I sort of take that as a compliment. Every once in a while, I sort of think, yeah, I don't know, are people really trying to say that, or really trying to say that? Is it is it a compliment or a backhanded compliment? Oh, come on now. This is a straight-up compliment. <laughs> so what do you think of Jack's analysis of why the president hasn't spoken to the two ranking Republicans in the uh, legislature? Well, no, look, I think a lot of that makes sense. Uh, we are in a time and a place when uh, our politics are very polarized. And, you know, people ex- expect political purity. And if you are seen sort of consorting with the enemy or consorting with the other side, uh, it can be held against you. Now, I also think it's the case that there probably are conversations going on at the staff level on a, on a regular basis, you know, even though the actual political principles haven't spoken. I, I do think that there are things going on. I mean, there has to be for the machinery of government to keep going. But the image of one leader from one party talking to a leader from another party in a very public way, or even, by the way, if it was a private conversation and got leaked, I, I can understand how in this political environment, you would see both sides not necessarily wanting to have that as a as a as a, as a something that could you know come out in public. Have you read any of the John Boehner book? I've been reading it, and I don't usually read those kind of things because I find them uh, boring most of the time. This one's pretty damned interesting. You know, I have not read it. I've only read the excerpts of it, including the the uh, you know little asides he has about Ted Cruz. Uh, but I, I haven't. You know, John Boehner is such a colorful guy. I am sure there are so many entertaining stories in that book. Yeah. So perhaps at some point I will. But it just it was on my mind because he he talks about working with Barack Obama. And there he was, Speaker of the House for the Republicans, and how much he had to work with Barack Obama. And I don't know. I just I don't, I don't know if we can do that now. If, if anybody anybody works with anybody. Um, uh, Boehner does mention uh, early in his book about how good he thinks Nancy Pelosi is at her job uh, and, and 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 how smart Mitch McConnell is and all that. But, man, if people aren't talking to each other, God, I, just, I don't know how we get anything done. Well, it's just it's absurd. I mean, I just I can't even contemplate people who think like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it just goes to if you go over the years and you see how many let, let's just take Republicans, for example, how many Republicans have gotten into trouble for, uh, you know, working with Democrats or the perception being that they're rhinos, you know, Republicans in name only because they have a conversation with the other side. Um, you know, that that point of view is is relatively common, I would say, um, you know, and I, I see it all the time. The difficult part of that, of course, is that really to get anything done, you, you kind of have to have those conversations. And there are a whole host of issues that I don't think are particularly ideological Unfortunately, they do get turned into sort of ideological partisan issues by by one side or another. I, I would say, for example, with infrastructure, what's happened now is because the Biden administration has put forward a plan that's essentially bastardized the definition of infrastructure. It's it's made it more political, right? I mean, if we were just talking about roads and bridges and airports, I think that's a 90-10 issue. You know, I think 90% of Americans, regardless of party, say, yeah, let's do what we can to improve our roads and improve our bridges and do all that stuff. Uh, but the minute you start including things like 
hey, you know, you, you can't necessarily choose whether to join a union or, hey, we want to have a massive expansion of, uh, of Medicaid or, hey, we want to, you know, put all these other things into the bill. Then it starts to get the issue gets more polarized and you can understand why then it's harder for the two sides to get together. So I think some of that dynamic, unfortunately, is endemic to our politics today. Wanhee Chen of the Hoover Institution, Stanford University on the line. So I guess we talked about this a fair amount, but I'd love to hear your take on this. Given the unbelievable logistical and humanitarian crisis on the border right now, why is there not a a huge cry on both sides to get together and fix the immigration system? Oh, my goodness. Immigration is quite possibly the most polarized issue out there. I mean, we have seen over the years... So many efforts, you know, amongst people to try and get together and figure out, hey, can we do this little piece or can we solve that piece of it? And repeatedly over and over and over again, it just hasn't happened. Uh, And there are things that have become so polarized. I mean, I'll give you guys one example. The concept of border security. Okay, This, this should be there should be very little debate in my mind about the fact that we need to have a secure southern border. We need to do what we can to put in whether it's physical barriers, technological barriers, funding the U.S. Border Patrol, making sure that we're doing everything we need to do to have a secure southern border, that has somehow become a really, really controversial issue. And I, I, I cannot for the life of me understand why. You know, in, and in the same way as, hey, look, we, I think we want to have an immigration system that allows people who are able to contribute to the United States, to our economy, to, our, to the fabric of our country, we want to welcome people in and have a rational immigration system. That's, you know, something that I think, again, if, if you polled Americans, I would say the broad majority want both. But somehow we cannot get together and get things done. It's incredibly frustrating. Yeah. Well, back to the Boehner book briefly. Um, there are a number of interesting segments in there, including a, where he tells about a, a, a representative from Alaska putting a knife to his throat, he claims, in the House floor. But. Uh, whether or not that happened or not. But at, at one point, Boehner talks about Michelle Bachman coming to him. She was a representative from Minnesota who ran for president for a cup of coffee. And uh, she wants to get on some committee. And like, she's brand new. And he says, no, I'm not going to put you on there. And she says, OK, well, I guess I'm going to have to go to, you know, to Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity and go on all those shows and say that you won't let me be on there. And Boehner says in his book, she thought she had all the power and I'm the Speaker of the House. Turns out she was right, is basically what Boehner, yeah. Boehner says, and, and he hadn't realized that things had changed that way. Obviously, if that's the dynamic on both sides, well, how, how are you ever going to get anywhere? Well, right, and, and that's the thing, I mean, about social media and about just the way we consume media now. Everybody consumes the media that they agree with, right? And if you have a presence on those media outlets, you're incredibly powerful, in some ways much more powerful than whatever formal title or position someone else has. And I think Boehner probably realized that as he went on. You know, I think others, uh, you know, realize that as they go on, that formal position, formal place in the Congress. It's not like it was in the 1960s and the 70s and, and even the 80s when the Speaker of the House had a tremendous amount of power. Now it's more like wrangling cats. And, and any one of those cats can decide to go off and, you know, give an interview on Fox News. They mm-hmm. can blow you up at any given time. So it's a tough dynamic out there to be sure. Wow. 
Juan Hechan of the Hoover Institution, Stanford. You know, we're running a little late, but I've got to ask you this. The, uh, this, the court packing uh, discussion that's going on right now, you actually had a couple of just America's most despicable legislators, my words, not yours, uh, trotting out the idea of packing the Supreme Court. We were talking earlier, Lonnie, about the idea of you just go ahead and state these crazy ideas and and you you ask for a vote and you put them in front of a committee knowing that they will fail miserably but knowing now it's part of the national discussion is there anything conservatives can do um to to counter that i mean because the temptation is to say oh that'll never pass it'll never get through and not pay attention to it i think we need to be yelling about it i don't what do you think yeah, I mean, look, this is a serious problem. The the implication of what the folks who want to pack the court are doing is that because they can't have their way, because they can't have the ideological composition of the court they want, they want to change the fundamental nature of the institution. And, you know, it's a tough argument to carry, but I do think you're right. Conservatives have to articulate why the rule of law is important, why the current composition of the court is important, and why it is that this is this is about elections mattering, right? I mean, they can complain all they want about President Trump having put, you know, several Supreme Court justices on the court. The reality is elections have consequences. Now Biden's going to have his opportunity. This is how American politics work. This is not a, you know, you, you, you cry over spilled milk and you turn around and go home and you decide you're going to rage against the system. That's essentially what we have for those who want to change the composition of the court. So I think it is important for those who believe, hey, look, you know, packing the court's not the right idea to say that very loudly and to make it very clear why that's a problem. Lon Chan, David and Diane Steffi, fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution, and Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford University. Lon great to talk to you. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. Uh, looking at some of the polls from Gallup, you know, he was talking about uh, how, how people feel about it, and he thinks most people would be in agreement on strengthening uh, security at the border. I'm looking at this uh-huh. from Gallup. Please tell me whether you strongly favor, favor, oppose, or strongly oppose each of the following proposals. Hiring significantly more Border Patrol agents. And this is from uh, last uh, two, I guess it's two years ago now, 2019. I like that question because it's it's very practical as opposed to fuzzy ideological. Hiring significantly more Border Patrol agents, not just more, but significantly more. Mm -hmm. 34% strongly favor, 41% favor. So you're at 72% favor or strongly favor that. Wow. You wouldn't get that from watching the news, would you? But no, absolutely not. Build bridges, not walls. Yeah, we're gonna bring, we're gonna build walls, and then we're gonna hire guys to guard them. You says seventy-two percent of America. You think with a seventy percent issue, you could get something done? But I think people are misled by Twitter. Politicians are, and people are. People are misled by Twitter and cable news and talk radio and everything else into uh, not knowing what America really thinks about things. Armstrong and Getty. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. I oh, <laughs> love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. 
It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Hey there, parents and teachers. Are you tired of feeling like every day is a battle of wills with your kids? Let me tell you about something that changed the game. Love and Logic. Love and Logic isn't just another parenting or teaching strategy. It's a mindset shift that empowers you to raise responsible, respectful kids while keeping your sanity intact. With Love and Logic, you'll learn practical techniques to set limits with empathy, give your kids the tools they need to make smart choices, and build relationships based on mutual respect and understanding. Love and Logic stands behind their methods with a one-year money-back guarantee. Try it out risk-free. If it doesn't change your life, we'll buy it back. Plus, you can get 10% off with code IHEART10. So if you're ready to say goodbye to power struggles and hello to peaceful, loving relationships with your kids, it's time to give Love and Logic a try. Visit their website or call today. Your sanity will thank you. Love and Logic, because parenting and teaching should be a joy, not a chore. Visit loveandlogic.com.